Welcome back to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. My guest today has had a profound effect on my life in the past, I would say, six months. And I'm really excited to introduce her. We are going to talk today about how habits and your mindset and building self-awareness can help support your goals in any area of your life. Because here's the thing, you're a hairstylist, yes. However, you are also more than your career. So we are going to get into how following your intuition and building habits that support your goals can really change your entire life. My guest has really shown me the importance of breaking up with your bullshit, as she puts it in her best-selling book, and the importance of self-awareness. You'll also learn what health and fitness can teach you about business and how mastery in one area of your life can really trickle into the rest of it with intentionality. So my guest today is Una Duncan. She is a multi-award-winning fitness expert, best-selling author, and speaker specializing in helping people get healthy and happy through a habits-based approach. Her unique formula has resulted in international media attention and most importantly, five-star reviews from the thousands of people who have changed their lives through her program. Una is the founder of the Feel Good Movement, which recognizes that fitness is not about a number on a scale, but feeling good. And she's also a total genius when it comes to habits in general life and business as well. Here's the thing. Una says, if you want to reach your highest potential and generally kick ass at life, it starts with feeling good right now. Now, just a warning, this episode is labeled explicit for a reason. Let's get into today's episode. You're listening to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. Here, we talk about creating a career you love. We go deep into mindset, marketing, business, and life as a hairstylist. I'm your host, Jody Brown, a hairstylist veteran turned branding and marketing mentor for ambitious, inspired beauty pros like you. On this podcast, we share the real stories of leaders within the beauty industry and actionable trainings that leave you with the tools and guidance that will inspire you to build your best life as a hairstylist. From branding, business, and marketing to mindset, life, and finding fulfillment, no topic is off limits here. Get ready to be educated and inspired. This is the Hairstylist Rising Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the Hairstylist Rising Podcast. I am so excited to introduce you to my guest, Una Duncan. She is a multi-award-winning fitness expert, founder of the Fit Feels Good Movement, inspirational speaker, podcast host, life coach, and international best-selling author. I'm sure I'm forgetting something there. <laughs> she is also a creative at heart and has built a truly inspiring business. So thank you so much for being here, Una. I'm really excited to chat with you. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me. So the reason that I invited you on the show today, and the reason I was so excited is because I have read your book, which is Healthy as Fuck or Ditch the Diet, depending on where you are. And I, as I was reading it, took so much out of obviously the fitness advice, the health advice, but more so than that, the lessons on developing grit and habits, I felt like will support success in business, in life, in relationships, in every aspect. So 
I can't wait to dive into some of those things. And I'm not new to the personal development world at all, but some of the things that I read in your book, I was like, huh, I had actually never thought of it that way. So thank you for birthing this book into the world. I think it's really brilliant. Oh, you're so kind. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to hear that. And also you're super smart because I, I really do think that the way you do one thing is how you do everything. So to make those threads when you are, and it's great because often we have an area of our life that we consider ourselves, you know, pretty experienced or experts in. Mm -hmm. And then when we start to realize that the lessons that we've learned in this area, I can apply that to this other area where I'm struggling. And as you said, you know, I started out life as an actor and all this like fruity tooty stuff that I did in acting school (laughs) is actually, you know, everyone's like rolling their eyes at me at the time, but actually I have used skills that I learned in my master's of acting, things like how to generate certain emotions, how to, you know, have empathy for other characters, like all these things, like, oh my gosh, this has been unbelievably useful in, you know, generating the right emotion before I do a webinar, before I do a sales pitch, like there's so many applications. So I really do think, you know, when you go deep into any subject, and in my world, that's been acting, that's been business, that's been health and fitness, the same lessons are always there about identifying an objective, about overcoming those objectives, about state management, about all these things. So I, I love that you had that takeaway too. Yeah. And it's so true because I think like when you said we all have that one area of our life, I know my listeners pretty well and the stylists that are listening to this podcast, like they are at the top of our industry, right? And a lot of us really identify so strongly with what we do behind the chair or what we do as artists. And so I think you're right that it doesn't all isolate. There are skills that you build in every area of your life. And, you know, I love how you said, like, how you do one thing is how you do everything. I always think that entrepreneurship is probably the biggest personal development journey you can go on. (laughs) Totally. You want to fast track your personal development. If you want to just get like rejected and then try again and then work really hard, like, oh, entrepreneurship, that is the way to go. Totally. It's really humbling. And so, yeah, bringing that into like fitness and health was, was really, really an eye opener for me. So could you just introduce yourself and and a bit of your journey into how you got where you are because now you have all these like accolades and you've done all these incredible things but like where did the journey start oh my gosh well it certainly didn't start in health and fitness I was (laughs) a absolutely passionate smoker I could not imagine anything more embarrassing than trying hard at gym class because I was really deconditioned last kid to get fit like picked for anything I spent all my recesses you know, trying to avoid playing skipping games with the other girls and just like reading a book underneath a portable or whatever. So like it did not at all did I come was one of these like cartwheel kind of girls. Like that was not yeah. not me at all. <laughs> Man, maybe and then so <laughs> right. So then so I was more like writing broody poetry. And then so I went to acting school and all that sort of stuff. And I was an actor and a playwright, specifically a documentary playwright. And then I found, even though I was still like smoking all the stuff, I found that if I if I started teaching fitness classes and I did it more for the schmackiness of it, like I was like, all right, I get to wear like <laughs> colorful spandex and be in front of the crowd and like yeah. with my hands to music or whatever. I did not take it seriously at all, but <laughs> I found that I could do it at 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. because that's when classes were and that I could like audition and write my plays during the day. 
And, and then, you know, I, and I was writing grants and doing all this stuff. And then I just had this like epiphany that I was like, wait a second, I'm having more fun doing my dorky fitness stuff than I am like trying to write these plays that are supposed to change the world and whatever. <laughs> and then when I just let that go and just like dove into the fitness stuff, like I never had a moment of thinking that there was a possible career in fitness. Right. I had never even like heard of such a thing. But when I made that choice, it was just like suddenly jumping into a stream that was going down river. Like it just, everything started to flow. I got all these opportunities, like, and I never would have guessed in a million years. And the, the lesson that I always think of that is if you would ask me at the time, do you want to be a fitness instructor for the, I'd be like, oh, no, no, no. But there's something about it that's warmer. Like I always play warmer, colder. And mm -hmm. I'm like, just heading towards fitness felt warmer than sitting in an audition room with 20 other redheads really hoping to get that part for the Tim Hortons commercial. You know right. what I mean? Like that felt colder. I was like, that's yeah. not the direction I want to go in. So anyway, so then when I started doing that, I started a boot camp company and then, and again, everything just kind of flowed. I had this great group of boot campers and we loved each other. And then, you know, one moved to a different part of the city and I was like, well, Hey, why don't you get six friends and I'll hire a trainer and then we'll start. So then I started hiring, like getting all these other locations just really organically. Wow. And then, Yeah. And then I started training trainers because as, as many of your listeners probably know, one of the hardest things is finding good employees, right? Yeah. So then I started leading <laughs> into trainer certification. So I had this like awesome pool of emerging trainers who were super keen and really wanted to be mentored by me. So that's like a huge problem solved when growing a business. Yeah. And then I started blogging and I only started blogging just because like, I felt like I had stuff I wanted to say to my clients. Like yeah. they all started doing... I don't know, going on some weird, stupid diet. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to address that with you directly. I'm just going to write this blog post that's like, don't go on the stupid diet, blah, blah, blah. So then I started blogging about that. And then the blogs started getting shared. And then I had someone who was on my email list who said, hey, I don't know if you've ever thought of writing a book, but if you did, I would love to see your proposal. And I was like, oh, wow. Oh my gosh. Wow. So so this is, this is the kind of examples I want to give about like when you just start following this is a bit woo-woo. I, I hope your audience can handle a bit woo-woo, but when you just start we following that warmer, <laughs> you love woo-woo. Yeah, yeah. So I just had this experience of like following the warmer with really no strategic intentions. Right. And oh my gosh, just things started, started happening. And then, I mean, I can tell the story about the book later, but anyway, so I did, I got the book out and it was a big bestseller. And then I started, oh, and then I started putting up my course online. And again, it was just a like, let's just see. And and then that grew. And now, right now, if you go to fitfeelsgood.com, that's my business. And we've got thousands of members all over the world who are doing my program. And I just like, I love them so much. They're getting the most amazing results. And I get to, I just get to see that every month. And I get to, you know, mentor so cool. emerging other trainers. And yeah, it's fantastic. I really feel very lucky for what I get to do now. I love that because it seems like it was really, I mean, even from starting the blog, it was like there was a need. Yeah. And that's a very similar reason to why I started the podcast, actually. And then it kind of evolved from there. And I, I'd never heard it put quite that way with like the going towards that warmer and going away from colder. That is such a brilliant lesson because I think as creatives, we have a million ideas, right? There's yes. always tons of ideas. And there's probably a lot of ideas that will work as well. Mm -hmm. But it, and sometimes it's hard to kind of decide, okay, like which avenue should I go and should I start offering on location services? Should I start a course helping to teach other stylists? Like 
there's all these different things that you could do. And I love that idea of just kind of following that intuition and, you know, making decisions that way. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I'm glad you like it. And what I like most about it is that I think it takes the pressure off a little bit, especially if you're someone who values intuition. Mm. When I first started trying to work with my intuition, I would like close my eyes and like roll my eyes to the back of my head and be like, what is the (laughs) answer? Like, what am I supposed to do? What is my mission? What is my purpose in life? And like that never came. But when I was like, well, what feels like a little bit warmer that I had access to? So I think that it just takes the pressure off of coming up with the big thing. It, It is just your next step. That's all you need to figure out right now. Yeah, I think analysis paralysis is one of those things that keeps people the most stuck where it's like, Mm -hmm. I need to try every, I need to figure out every single eventuality, everything that may possibly happen before I can make a single move. And in reality, the more action you take, the more clarity you're going to get along the way. 100%. And the other thing I wanted to pull out of what you just said was like, part of starting your blog was that you saw people trying all these like crash diets and all these like, you know, this thing and that thing. And it really resonated with me also in your book when I was reading it. One of the things that really stuck out to me was you talked about like the marketing trends when it comes to diets, right? It's the cycle. Yeah. Yeah. And so what really stood out to me there is I think that in business and in life, we're sometimes looking for the shiny object, right? Or, Or like the tip or the hack or you know, the next best thing that's going to get us to where we want to go. But in reality, it's all the foundations that you build. And it's like, it's not about the buzzwords and the clickbait. It's about the foundations and following through consistently. Totally. I mean, this is the thing. So in my book, I talk about, you know, the seven habits of highly healthy motherfuckers. And so, (laughs) and they are so boring. Like whenever people hear that I've helped transform thousands of bodies, everyone's like, okay, okay. So like, what's the secret? And I'm like, okay, lean in, come in, come here, come here. Want to hear the secret? And everyone's like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay, eat lots of vegetables, (laughs) go to sleep, back away from the booze, exercise. They're like, oh no, come on. Like the real secret. (laughs) And I'm like, no, the real secret is like actually freaking doing that consistently. Like all the stuff you do not need more information. You don't need a hack. You just need to figure out how, and this is like the real secret is figuring out how to make yourself do that consistently. Cause most people are like, no, 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 I tried that. I'm like, but have you you really (laughs) tried that for like a long time? Just consistently eating tons of vegetables, filling half of every plate with vegetables, consistently drinking way more water than booze, consistently Mm -hmm. getting eight hours sleep. I mean, it's so boring and it works. Like there's a reason why throughout all of time, like there's been so many stupid diets that have come and gone and they all work because they all have in common eating shit tons of vegetables (laughs) And not drinking a lot of booze. You know what I mean? Like they, and then they add like some little spin on it. Like, oh, and also we're going to call this like net carbs or whatever. Like it's just all silliness. <laughs> it's all marketing and, and it's fine. Like whatever gets you going, it's fine. But it's just all you need to do is the basics and do them consistently. But the real trick is figuring out your brain to get yourself to do them consistently. Yeah. How to talk yourself out of your BS right? That's trying to talk you out of doing your habits, Mm -hmm. how to talk yourself out of the BS of like all or nothing. Like, well, if I can't 
do marathon training, then I might as well not move, you know, or whatever. Like there's all sorts of BS that's going to go through your mind. It's going to prevent you from just executing the basics like a grown ass adult. Oh my goodness. Yes, (laughs) that is so true. And again, that's another parallel between like business and, you know, health and all of these things. One of the things from both a personal development perspective, and then also from your health that I loved in the, you know, when you talk about breaking up with your bullshit, was the frozen pizza analogy that you used. <laughs> yeah. And it's so true. Like people, when you're like, I don't have time to cook a healthy meal. And then you'll take the time to drive to the store, pick up a frozen pizza, preheat <laughs> the oven, wait the 25 minutes to eat it. And in that time, you literally could have done pretty much any other meal, right? Yeah. Anything it's else. way healthier. Yeah. yeah. And it makes me think about when we are like, in the beauty industry or creatives in general, like we will spend all of this time like searching for the shiny object when in reality, it's like building a foundation, working on your messaging and, you know, how you help people and then consistently communicating that that's really the solution. But we spend all this time looking for, you know, the quick way, but it's not quick at all. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So true. It is not quick at all. And in fact, I think a lot of that is it's procrastinating because people don't feel quite worthy yet. Or at least this is what I found when I was mentoring emerging fitness professionals. So first of all, there's an image thing. And I'm maybe this happens in your industry too, but certainly I would have tons of people who would say, I really want to be a personal trainer, but like, I'm not, I'm not in perfect shape yet. Mm. And I was always like, oh dude, That does not matter. What matters is, are you able to help people? That's what matters. I mean, we have this horrible vision that you can't be a personal trainer unless you've got like an Instagram booty or whatever. And that is not what the job is at all. So, (laughs) so anyway, so that's the first hurdle that people often have to get over and then often they'll get certified and then they're just so scared to put themselves out there that they're like, I should probably get another certification. I should probably take one more course about this or that. And I'm like, dude, you need to actually get the fuck over yourself and just start helping people. <laughs> like, honestly, if you t- stop focusing on yourself and yeah. you just 100% laser focus on your clients and getting your clients results, then you then it just takes care of itself. Like, that's all you've got to do is get your clients results and then keep doing that and then yeah. tell everyone that you're doing that. And then your life is so much easier. You don't have to self-analyze so much. It's oh, way better. It's way better. That's so true. So my work is in the personal branding space. And this is something that I think comes up a lot is that like, but who am I to have mm. a personal brand? And mm. we talk about it in terms of setting the foundations to attract dream clients. But I think you're right. I'm always like, let's focus on the guest experience, like what you're creating. What about you attracts them? Like, what do you have yeah. in common? That kind of thing. But yeah. I think that people think that they need to be perfect or they just need to be more or something else in order to feel good enough to like to share what they're doing. And so I think that's a really important takeaway. One of the things that I wanted to talk to you about as well is what are your thoughts on motivation, willpower, and relying on that to get Mm. you to your goals? Well, my gosh, Jody, like if I had a dollar for every time someone was like, I really want to get in shape, but I'm just, I can't get motivated. 
or I just don't have the discipline or I don't have the Mm -hmm. willpower. And they're like beating themselves up about this. And the truth is that those who are really fit, like they don't use discipline and motivation and willpower like to do because that's just their habit. Like think about habits that you have in your life that you have successfully implemented. Like most people have successfully implemented a habit of, say, brushing their teeth now or showering most days or whatever. Like, do you have to get motivated to do it? Just like pump yourself up. Do you have to use discipline? Gotta brush my teeth. Yeah, that's it. Like today's the day. We're brushing them today. Come on, girl. Like you don't have to do that because you just fucking brush them, right? And you brush them because you have a habit loop. And a habit loop is how you just put this on autopilot. And this is kind of the actual outcome that we want for fitness. You want to not have to motivate yourself. You want to just do this on autopilot. You don't think about it. And that happens when you have a habit loop, when you have a trigger, you have your behavior, that's the exercise or whatever, and then you have a reward. So this is the big thing. Most people who are like desperately trying to grit their teeth and discipline their way into exercising, I'll just use that as an example habit. They're doing that because like they hate it because it Mm. sucks for them. So Mm -hmm. I always tell people, I'm like, don't try to motivate yourself. Like reward yourself, bribe yourself. So when I first started exercising, and and like I said, I was, oh my gosh, not fit, really had negative associations with exercise through like not great experiences as like kind of a chubby kid and all that sort of stuff. And so this is how I did it. I I got myself a like used treadmill for my house. And I promised myself that I could watch super trashy TV, but only if I was on the treadmill. And I'm talking like, I'm sure most of your listeners are too young to remember these shows, but like Maury Povich and Jerry Springer. <laughs> like I'm talking trashy, trashy, trashy. And I, um, I, yeah, I watched like Grease too. Like I watched all the like stuff that I could never get anyone to watch with me. And they were so trashy. And, but my rule is I could only do it on the treadmill. And I just started walking and I'd be walking on the treadmill and watching my Maury Povich to see who the father was and all this stuff. And then one day, just like, and this is just like a following a little warmer, like a little curiosity moment. I was like, I wonder if I could jog for an entire commercial. Commercials were 30 seconds at the time. Mm-hmm. And then I just tried. I was like, let's see if we can push this up to like a five and just jog. And I was like wheezing and dying. 30 seconds. And then I go right back to my walk and I did my walk. And then, and it was just like a game that I would play with myself again, you know, no big strategy, just curiosity. And that's how it came. Like I went from there to becoming a fitness instructor or to like starting to like, you know, baby steps going to the gym, but I'm at the like very back row and hoping no one talks to me and all this sort of stuff. And then, (laughs) you know, and then I'd be the second back row and I kind of know the moves now and I'm not as embarrassed. And then, you know, and then I'd look at the fitness instructor and be like, wow, look at her. And that was another warmer moment. I was like, that looks so cool. She's so awesome. You know, when you see someone, you're like, oh, I want to be like that. And then, you know, it kind of went from there, but really point being, don't motivate yourself, bribe yourself. (laughs) Because here's what's going to happen in your mind. What happened was that I started to make a positive association with exercise. I associated exercise with pleasure. And then my brain would start to be like, when I was down, it'd be like, oh, you know what makes you feel pleasurable? Exercise, right? Whereas before it was like, you know what makes your brain feel happy? Smoking, drinking, chocolate, ice cream, blah, blah, blah. But now I had trained it to think pleasure, exercise. And that, when you start to have that habit loop, that is what changes your life grinning at your teeth and disciplining your way through like a 75 hard or, or, you know, some sort of like hardcore, I'm going to do this, like whatever (laughs) thing, 
that doesn't change your life. It it gives you a great little, it gives you great photos yeah. for a little bit, but it will not mm-hmm. change your life until you have the habit loop in your brain that associates your healthy habit with pleasure. You know, <laughs> I literally stole that right out of your book and did the exact same thing. <laughs> so you I was did? watching. I did. Yeah. So tell me your I, guilty show. It's Love Island UK. <laughs> yes. Oh, so good. Yeah. But it's funny because now and this is like, I, so I was a stylist for I was behind the chair for like 16 years when I stepped away in 2020 to go into online business full time. And I didn't realize how much activity you do as a day in the day like oh, behind yeah. the chair. And so it was really, really hard for me to get back because I think like, you know, I I kind of was like, oh, I'm just going to, you know, for the first little bit, you're like, I'm just going to hang out on the couch. and It's going to be super mm-hmm. chill and it's going to be awesome. And then I was like, no, I really need to start exercising. But it was really hard. And I had mm-hmm. I was more out of shape than I'd ever been. And I didn't really associate it until later with with starting to work at a desk versus working behind the chair. Yeah. And so being able to like take that little tip in order to get started was huge. And now I'm like, I want to exercise because I feel better. So it really does work. And that little, little tip was worth the whole read. I got so much more out of it, but yeah, it really was helpful. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. And you know, I'll make a little comment there for all your stylists. Don't underestimate the power of the movement you do. It's actually one of the most underemphasized aspects of fitness. It's called NEAT, which stands for non-exercise activity thermogenesis. And it is everything from like uh, shifting your weight, standing, gestures, twiddling a pencil. Like it's just all of that little movement that we do throughout the day that is underemphasized, like really just, just standing up and walking every hour. So for those of us who do have desk jobs, really need to get up and get moving. So those of you who are stylists, like you are you may be underestimating how fit you are as Jody's saying. Yeah. 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 When you are behind the chair, we're doing a lot of like bending, lifting, mm-hmm. all of that kind of stuff. And I do think that it is really important in this industry. I mean, I think it's important for everyone, but particularly if you are someone who is has a physical job to stay fit. But one of the things is always like, I don't have time or I can't do yeah. this. Right. And so you are a mom of two, you've written a book, you're running a business and you are in ridiculous shape. So what is it that like enables you to create the time? That was one of the things I wanted to ask. Like, is there a secret, a trick? Like, what do you do? Oh my gosh. I have a bunch of answers to that. I'll give you the, the, the kind of hard, no bullshit one first is that Mm -hmm. you just do it first thing. Like if you call it, if you're saying I'm going to start prioritizing exercise, but then Mm -hmm. you leave it until like after work when you're exhausted and what you really want is a glass of wine, does that freaking work? Come on. Like, (laughs) let me tell you something. If you say I prioritize exercise, that means you literally have to put it first in your schedule. And I know that that's hard. Like, I know, I know there's families and there's like, you just have to fit. Like, I will say that. The best time to exercise is when you will exercise. So different people have different energetic rhythms and schedules and blah, 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 blah. And in the thousands and thousands of people that I have coached, the ones who are most successful with getting a habit loop with consistent exercise are the ones who do it first thing in the morning. Right. And just make that happen. And sometimes that means they get up at 5 a.m. Right. Like my schedule, not right now because I don't always have a hard start at 9 a.m., 
but my schedule used to be, I would get up at five and, and here's one of my other tricks is that I made getting up at five super pleasurable because I didn't just jump into burpees. I got up at five and that, you know, a lot of people have the revenge, revenge procrastination bedtime where they stay up late because it's like their only time to themselves. So they're like, I don't want to go to bed. This is like my first moment that I've actually get to have, like have fun and relax. Yeah, I totally get that. And I would suggest that often it's great if you can take that and just shift it to the morning because you're way less likely to, you know, drink booze and have snacks in the morning. (laughs) Let's hope so. Um, Let's hope so. Yeah. Usually. So, so I get up at five and I'd be like, oh my gosh, I don't have to sleep. This is going to be awesome. And then I get up and I have my coffee and I do my journaling and I scroll Facebook and I do all those like little treat things that I love doing. And then when my coffee's hit, then I'm like, all right, exercise time. And I, but I give myself a really nice pleasurable ramp up. And that makes getting up early feel really good to me. It feels like a pleasurable habit loop. So that was my first answer to that. The other answer to that is when you hear yourself thinking, I don't have the time, you might need to check yourself. And this is, I'll give you my story about that because I did this too. So when I was out for dinner with a bunch of my clients and one of them said that she was writing a book, and you know, when someone says they're going to do something that you've always wanted to do, your whole body is like, <gasps> like, you yeah. know, if maybe, you know, someone else is opening a salon, you're like, <gasps> I want to do that. so that's how I felt. My whole body was like, oh, so this is what I said before I even thought about it. I went, I, I want to write a book too, but I don't have the time. And then as soon as it puked mm. out of my mouth, I looked at who I said this to. I said this to a woman who is a university professor, a rabbi, and has two toddlers. And I it's was like, spare time then. Yeah. And then, and she was really lovely though. She looked at me and she went, I don't have the time either. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm full of shit. Oh, and I also sent it in front of, in front of a table of my clients to whom I always say, well, then you make the time. So, so I just got called on my bullshit so hard, like so hard. And so it was just in that moment when she was like, she shrugged and she was like, oh, I don't have the time either. And I was just like, right. I need to get off my ass and write my book. Like that's just Mm -hmm. it. Of course, I don't have the time. That's such a stupid thing to say. So totally. I'll, I'll share that story with your with your I don't have the time people as well. Oh, <laughs> I appreciate you saying that because I think this is the thing that we say the absolute most. And honestly, yeah. that was one of my biggest takeaways from your book. So if you've ever said that, go and read Una's book because the breakup with your bullshit chapter was <laughs> amazing. And I say it all with compassion because I have all this bullshit like dudes. I can, I can hear your bullshit because it's my, because it is my bullshit. So I I'm sending it with the greatest love. Well, I think that's the thing too, right? It's something we have to self-recognize because if anyone else says, you know, and I think like they're probably, if you heard like, you do have time, make the time. There's always that little bit of a reaction because it's always like, Oh, but I actually don't don't have time. Yeah. (laughs) Like everyone else says they don't have time, but like I actually don't have time. And so I think it's really important to be able to be Mm self-aware. And this is the thing when it comes to, because I I know this happens all the time in our industry is like when someone does something that you've been thinking about and is in a similar situation to you, it kind of spotlights, okay, well, where's my excuse now? Like, and it, yeah it triggers like all this imposter syndrome and what am I doing? And, you know, why am I not able to do this? So I think there's something really empowering about taking back that narrative and just saying, you know what? I don't care if I don't have time. I'm going to do it anyway. Do it anyway. 
Yeah. You're scared. Sure. Do it. Do it when you don't have time. Just do it. And yeah. also I, I think it's, I love that you said reframe it because that feeling when someone else is doing something you wanted to do, it, that is the worst feeling. It is the worst feeling. And it is a great clue that that is something you are meant to be doing. Oh, that's interesting. I love that. So if you're getting triggered by someone doing something, then dig into why that is and get curious. Yeah. It's love usually that. you recognizing your own potential, your own yep. unmet potential, and nothing is more uncomfortable than yep. recognizing your own unmet potential. So it's uncomfortable, but it's a great clue that says, dude, you should be doing this. Oh, amazing. This has been such a, I'm feeling really inspired. I'm sure all of my listeners are too. The last question I have for you, Anna, is your podcast is called Gold, Grit, and Some Woo Woo Shit. Where, which I immediately loved, but where did those three pieces come from? And what is the importance of goals, grit, and, you know, a little bit of that woo-woo shit when it comes to hitting your goals? Oh, man. Well, yeah, I just think that that's what you need to accomplish. To, I think that's what you need in order to be the best version of yourself. I really do think that we need goals and not because that the actual goals are important. Like it, it doesn't matter if you make a million dollars a year. Let's pick that one. Yeah. Okay. Make a million dollars a year. Who the frick cares if you do? <laughs> However, if that's something that lights you up and then you go through all of the work, then you become the kind of person who can make a million dollars a year. You become the kind of person that has those kind of um, sales skills, those, that, that offers that much value to the world, that is that skilled with money, that is that, you know what I mean? You, It's becoming that kind of person. So again, it's recognizing if you've got a goal that lights you up, it's because you've recognized that unmet potential. And then so it's true. through the grit that you become the kind of person that you want to become. And that is what makes us happy. It's yeah. realizing that potential in ourselves that makes us most happy. And so I think you need the goal, the thing that lights you up, whatever it is, whatever it is, it really doesn't matter. And then you need to do the grit to overcome the obstacles on the way to that goal. Yeah. And although grit doesn't always feel good, it's overcoming the grit that really feels good and that that causes that evolution of self that yeah. makes you feel like you're becoming the kind of person you want to be. And I think that those things are great. And I also think there's just a little bit of woo-woo magic. That will kind of kind of grease the wheels that. for all of these things for us. And I think that <laughs> it's a little, I think some people go full woo and some people go full like strategy, goals, implementation. Yeah. And I'm like, I think that there's a little bit of space in between these things. Totally. I like a blend as well. I love that. You know, it's funny because I remember reading somewhere that what a lot of happy people have in common is purpose. And mm. so when you say the importance of goals, I think that really does make a lot of sense because, you know, if you feel like you're striving towards something or working towards something and developing that resilience to actually get the thing, I don't, yeah, I mean, that's going yeah. to make you happy. It's going to give you that yeah. reason to keep going. So thank you totally. so much for coming on the show today. Where can my listeners go to find out more about you? Oh my gosh. Well, I would be honored if you checked out my podcast, Goals, Grit, and some woo-woo shit. Also, if you go to fitfeelsgood.com, you will find all my programs and, and my book, Healthy as Fuck. Actually, if you are in pretty much every country but Canada, sorry, my fellow Canadians, if you go to, if you're an Audible member, it's free. So that's a pretty what? big score. I know. 
that right? Is. Yeah, it's part of your <laughs> Audible membership. So healthy as fuck. It's a great listen if you're a listener yeah. and it's a great read if you're a reader. Yeah, it is fantastic. I could not recommend it enough. And uh, yeah, thank you again for being here, Una. I hope you have an amazing day and everyone needs to go read your book, listen to your podcast. Thank you so much. <laughs> I've loved the conversation. Thank you so much for listening in to another episode of the Hairstylist Rising podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you like, subscribe, and leave us a review. Be sure to check out our show notes for all of the links mentioned in today's episode. And if you want to get in touch with me and let me know what you're thinking, what you'd like to see on the podcast, or just share your favorite episode, send me a DM over on Instagram, either at Hairstylist Rising or at It's Jody Brown. I am so excited to see you back here, same place, same time next week. And until then, I am Jody Brown. I am your host and I'm signing off now. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast and we'll see you next week.